Kick ass. Nice work, LaRusso. Way to assert your dominance. Where the hell were you? No be there. Welcome to No Mercy, a Cobra Kai kickback. My name is Jacob Burrows and I represent Miyagi-Do because even though I present a veneer of balance, I'm dying to run across hot coals and I'm one second away from a brawl at any moment. My name is Jim Scampoli. I represent Cobra Kai so hard that you can call me Dr. Scribblebottoms. (laughs) <laughs> Very good. And this week, uh, we're talking about season four, episode two of uh, Cobra Kai, First Learn Stand, uh, directed by John Hurwitz and Hayden Schlossberg, and written by Joe Pierulli and Lewin Thomas. Yes. Yes. Um, who are familiar names in the Cobra Kai universe, at least, who have been sort of uh, on the story crew uh, going back to season one. Um, and this episode, we're, we're going to break it, break it down, but I think there's a few major, a, a few threads happening. It's honestly like by the end of episode two, I was so pumped for the show again. Like it, usually it's like episode one, episode two is by the end of episode two is when I'm like, fuck yeah, Cobra Kai. I'm a bit absorbed back into the world of karate and it with the training of different styles for Johnny and uh, Daniel this has some of my favorite stuff from this whole season oh yeah I agree uh, before we get too far into it because I just remembered we did get an email that I wanted to read I should have read it during the, the first episode uh, but we got an email from Misty question about Cobra Kai Hi, I love your recaps of Cobra Kai and like to ask if recaps for season four will be coming soon on your podcast. Guess what? Here we are. Uh, also yes. like to mention that both Johnny Lawrence and Daniel LaRusso are part of Generation X. Now, I vaguely remember, I think we might have had a discussion on the generations they're mentioning. Generation, uh, the generations they belong in. Generation X are people born from 1965 to 1980. And Johnny and Daniel are born in 1967, making them part of Gen X. Kreese and Terry Silver are the boomers. Please bring that up on your podcast. So here I am bringing it up. Thanks. Okay. Now, what if we were discussing it and we had it wrong, what I would maybe say is kind of we touched upon their real ages in the last uh, discussion of episode one, is that Ralph Macchio himself, not Daniel LaRusso, but Ralph Macchio is technically a boomer. So, okay, Boomer, uh, Ralph Macchio, <laughs> because he was born in 1961. Uh, uh, and although I guess William Zapka was born in 65, so he's like right on the cusp. Um, yeah. And also, uh, oh, no, no, Terry Silver. Well, the, the actor who plays Terry Silver is also a Boomer in real life. So that's, that works. So he's, he fits in both. Um, Daniel is just... Uh, Ralph Macho is a boomer pretending to be Gen X, which are the worst kind of boomers, in my opinion. <laughs> I've uh, said that. But yeah, yeah, I did want to just bring that up because we got an email. Appreciate the email. You can email us at showswithyouknowshow at gmail.com. And yes, we will be discussing all of season four, as you know. Uh, but yes, here, in, here we are in episode two. Now, in my opinion, at least on my watch, because... Uh, I don't think I talked about this in our episode one discussion, but I talked about it in my quick react. 
is I did the thing where I waited till midnight. Luckily, I'm Pacific time. If you're on the East Coast, you're trying to binge it at 3 a.m. But I waited till midnight for Netflix to drop all the episodes, and I just strapped in for a night of Cobra Kai. So my take, though, was that when this episode started introducing new characters, it pumped the brakes a bit for me. And I was like, "Uh uh-oh. Except for the, yes, the parts where we get to see... I mean, I was excited from the trailer to see Johnny, you know, uh, doing a little uh, sand the floor, paint the house, and then we get to see that here in this episode, which is great. But uh, the stuff with Daniel's son, Anthony, and uh, Kenny, I'm like, okay. I mean, I didn't. Ha- I don't. I mean, I didn't, and I don't hate it. But at the time, it was just kind of like, hmm. All right, what's going on here? Okay, all right. I mean, I, I see the angle now that. Uh, Daniel's son is a uh, bully, uh, but we also gets to have those moments like Hawk did or uh, Reek from Game of Thrones, <laughs> where you get <laughs> yeah. to have those the look to the camera yes, moments, <laughs> where it's like the camera does a slow. It's almost like a soap opera zoom in when when a scene ends, and they're kind of like, "I'm doing the thing, but sh- should I be doing this? I don't know. I'm having second thoughts." Uh, yeah. So it's just weird. That's be- basically, if you want someone to be a bad guy, but you want him to be three-dimensional, you have him do the look at the end. Yes. If they do something terrible, and then they're like, what have I done? But I'm going to keep doing it, though. Yeah, you need to show that they're kind of like, I know what I'm doing is wrong. Or even um, a variation on it is when two characters hug, and then you zoom in on one of the persons <laughs> doing the hug, and they're like, I don't know about this hug. <laughs> I'm a bad person. Um but yes, yeah, so yeah, season two, because we open right off with uh, introducing Kenny. We we view him through Dungeon Lord Legacies. And I mean, don't get me wrong, the actor the, the actor and the character are charming. Uh, like, he's kind of a likable kid immediately. So I, I, I understand why they would cast him. I kind of get where they're going. It's just tough. Like, in my mind, I'm like, uh-oh, is this, you know, Degrassi, the next generation, Cobra Kai? Like, are they setting up Cobra Kai next generation? Which maybe they are. Uh, I, I'm, I'm struggling to see like an end game initially and, and I shouldn't do that. I should just be watching the show. Uh, but that's, those are like my initial thoughts when this starts happening and we see that he's like in middle school with Daniel's son and to their credit, they're trying to develop Daniel's son as a real character instead of just a goof, except the only problem has been a goof for three seasons. So, and he's looks completely different now, <laughs> which they do comment on. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so I, I think I watched I watched some of this with my girlfriend who I, I was saying to her something about Robbie, like she had no interest in this. I was telling her something about Robbie and how he's, you know, really become really interesting and he's taking the teachings from different dojos and like becoming his own person. And my girlfriend was like, well, yeah, I mean, he is 30. So that makes sense. Now, the actor is not 30. I know we're getting into specifics, but like Robbie is looking like a man. Da- yeah. Miguel is kind of looking like a man. I think Miguel and, looks uh, way older than he did. But yeah, I, I'm yeah, yeah, you. for sure. I just mean like from that perspective, you can get even if they're not going to, you know, ever take over, you can get why they would have uh, younger people coming into the cast. Because if it becomes a show about people in their 60s teaching karate to people in their 20s, you're like, this can still be good. But it's not really where we started out with with this show uh, and sort of the molding of people uh, as they're younger. But I honestly, sure. I, I had none of those. Uh, I had none of those fears when I watched this 
but I do think you're right in that it does take away a little bit uh, through the season, like time, space, uh, and I do think it pumps the breaks maybe a bit but i don't know for whatever reason probably just the likability factor that you mentioned i was just on board with this from the get-go i'm like yeah it feels like to me it felt like expanding the world a bit you know and because there's this thing that happens in a lot of shows where you're like is this just eight people like humans like and what are what what is actually what does this look like from the inside and now we've gotten far enough that seeing someone who has no idea what's going on get into it again like all the a lot of the other side characters um are very incidental and very surface level so i didn't have any problems with it but i um yeah, I don't know. I, well, I can I can totally see where you're coming from. Yeah, because I have a few responses to that. Uh, first of all, your girlfriend okay. your girlfriend's response is very smarmy. Like, yeah, it's a show. We we, we know he's old. <laughs> uh, it's kind of like oh, more you know than he looks older now than yeah. you know you're watching. Uh, <laughs> it's actually not in motion. It's just multiple pictures in uh, 29 <laughs> frames per second, which is the illusion of motion. Um, but <laughs> but uh, the other side, and this is probably very unpopular opinion, I would admit that, and I know a lot of Cobra Kai fans are listening to a podcast, you're a big fan, but in my opinion, I don't want Cobra Kai to go another like six seasons or whatever, and maybe I'm yeah. wrong in that. Maybe they could nail out another six seasons, or or maybe they're, you know, can do two spinoffs or something, but I don't know. I... I, I, I um, Cobra Kai being good is enough of a miracle. I get too worried and maybe I'm being too precious with it. But uh, I think it'd be fine if, yeah, these characters that were young get to a point where they're older and they're not no longer qualified for the under 18 karate tournament that maybe we bid yeah, maybe uh, there's a different tournament <laughs> yeah. for those over 18 yeah. and then oh shit these people yeah. actually know karate they're not children <laughs> maybe we bid we bid a fond farewell um to these characters and uh, again that's probably blasphemous for me to say this show should maybe go on for a million years i don't know i'm sure they could pull it off but uh at least at this moment, I'm not interested in seeing a new crop of kids get into high school and then follow their path. Because again, I'm an older gentleman, so I've I've watched shows that then have a new class or a new generation. It's usually not as good. Uh, but then again, Cobra Kai is that, and it's great. So I could be wrong. It's just my initial thoughts are like, oh, I'm in now. I want to see what how Hawk's adjusting. I want to see what's going on with the characters we know, which we kind of don't really see them at all in this episode, besides Daniel and Johnny, obviously, uh, and a little bit of Tori and Amanda. But we kind of don't check in with any of the other students. You know what I mean? Um, but again, I'm I'm not saying I'm right. That was just Those are just my initial thoughts. Like, okay, let's get back to... Uh, Miguel and Hawk and even Sam or, or whatever. Uh, besides... Even Sam, Jim? Yeah, even Sam. But <laughs> anyways, the way this still plays out, this is still very Cobra Kai. It's, it's keeping with kind of the mantra of the show. Like, again, you, people get caught up in things. They get bullied. They turn to uh, some sort of salvation. And maybe that's entering the lion's den because as we see, it's going to be leading him towards Cobra Kai. So, uh, like, the story is still cool. I'm just, you know, I, I'm just bummed because I want to see the other characters. 
Yeah, I get it. Uh, I do get it. And I, I, I agree about the, we don't need a hundred seasons. I mean, I'm always going to be a, more of a proponent of more of a, I guess, kind of UK TV model where it's like, hey, here's the story we wanted to tell and two seasons and we're done. Um, even though I would have hated if this show yeah, ended after two seasons. Yeah, so, you know, it's terrible. like you got it's it's hard. We're in two minds about it, right? Because we want more Cobra Kai and we also don't want to dilute it. Uh, but this is the thing we always talk about towards the end of the season. And I'm sure we'll we'll chat more about it. I have that feeling more when they're like, when it feels like they're setting up new things rather than building off what they already have. Uh, and this is that, like with Kenny, they're setting up new things in a way. But the way that his story inter twines with the existing characters specifically Robbie spoiler alert for later in the season uh does make it still feel justified to to have him come in at this point agreed but it's it's a nice the way it comes at the end like it did prove me wrong in a way because I'm just Mm. I'm going through my initial thoughts watching episode like oh okay like is this just going to be about Daniel again and how dealing with his son but then when they bring in the connection to Robbie and Cobra Kai I'm like okay that's like a smart smart way that they did that yeah whereas I at the end of the episode was like I get eight more of these ha 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 and I didn't watch them all in one go so I didn't have that drain feeling you know where every second was like precious um but either way uh immediately after Kenny's introduction which you know he's playing his video game doing his dance uh uh, Anthony is you know making fun of him with his friends on the bus immediately after that we have uh, da- like as you said there's three storylines in this episode which is kind of I mean it makes sense it's only 30 minutes um, but it gives us quite a bit of time with at least two of them so Daniel and Johnny <laughs> I do love Daniel showing up with his hand sanders and Johnny's just kind of there getting the work done properly and yeah. fucking finishing it off with a big machine like the way you should yeah. and he's all annoyed but this is basically just uh them going okay now our kids have banded together basically so i guess we have to too and they agree to learn some of each other's techniques and whatever and that is just what we've been wanting to see well yeah i love because they're we're playing off of you know what we saw johnny in season one episode one he was a handyman guy so the thing with daniel is you know he's a, he's got soft baby hands outside of karate never worked an actual day in his life <laughs> i mean outside of maybe selling bonsai trees and cars uh but i love because they hit on it here where johnny brings in the sander but then they touch on it again when he's doing paint the house because he's like this is not how you paint a house you need this, this yes and this. i love that uh such great fun moments that that uh are, are like feel really real um and then just yeah, the but like the way they have their back and forth is awesome. I mean, they're the will they won't they of this show, and even the way Daniel convinces Johnny to uh, like be a little bit more more on board uh, really works. Where he kind of shows him the badass. He does the the karate chop of the bottle like Miyagi did with the racist guys at the beach. Um, and just bringing up the fact that Mr. Miyagi is a badass and tying it in with how he saved him from Crease when Danny was uh, when uh, Johnny was just a young kid who lost the all valley, like all that stuff, like mwah, like that's you know, that's why this show is as good as it is, because they're working with the real history of the the these characters and like blending it in a realistic way. Absolutely. And he 
Johnny opens the bottle and he doesn't do the thing. Yes, he, he's he still not doing the thing because it, it's a new Fuck. Johnny. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, no, it's great though when, when he's like, "Oh, you actually can't just put paint on top of paint. Like your know, old paint's just gonna peel off." And I'm like, "This is this is a great point. This is how I would do it. I don't know anything. I would just put paint on top of paint. But I know people who paint houses, and I'm like, "Oh, they're stripping everything down, and that's like the biggest part of the work is actually clearing it. And then you can go over with a sprayer or whatever." <laughs> and and Daniel's like, "Like that's not the point." And it's like, "Yeah, but also the paint though." <laughs> um, so that's great but yeah the fa- and also the fact that like i mean that's how daniel was convinced by in a sense like the um it was never really like wow mr miyagi you can stand on one leg on a pole like mm. it was like you're fucking badass you beat up my bullies yep. and you chopped that bottle and everything and i want to learn this shit um and so i i guess maybe we should touch on the other storylines too but i don't know i i just want to stick with this for a sec yeah uh where He's learning all this stuff and it's really fun because we get to see the contrast and I talked about this in my quick take, but like Daniel-san and Mr. Miyagi, they are polar opposites. Daniel was always a hothead. He was always better suited for Cobra Kai in a sense. So it's really fun later on when we see him do these Cobra Kai things because he's already like, he's always one inch away from flipping out, you know, (laughs) anyway. And basically Mr. Miyagi just gave him the tools to handle that and to make him more fleshed out as a human being and like better at a lot of stuff obviously but in contrast to that johnny uh is like so far away from what a miyagi student should be much like uh, daniel was at the start of the karate kid so it's just an interesting contrast where he's like doing all these things and he's having to listen to daniel like wax philosophical through the whole thing but he's at least like doing it you know uh, yeah there's some some dedication there and and it and it's kind of like he he it doesn't we're not sure if he's really taking it in or not but i do i put i i picked the clip for the intro and i do love at the end when he's just like no be there <laughs> <laughs> just eating his pretzel i think that's great <laughs> where so at least funny. some of it has like internalized um and yeah i just love it it's it's great uh i kind of wish there's a little like this was like brought out a little bit more into other episodes um i mean i understand why not but uh but yeah it's it's all great stuff it's the stuff like i mean i said this during when we saw the trailer and there were hints at it that like this is what we this is what we invest our time for this is why we rewatch this show over and over again we've been waiting for this and seeing johnny like doing the kata like that's great i want to see some more payoff with some of that stuff because you're right like they're opposites, but they've shown so so much of how they're alike. And yes, Daniel's a hothead, but also Johnny is the Johnny's the like you know the bully slash manly guy that we know has this sweet sensitive part of him that's inside. And yeah. if like again, it's what the show's all about balance. And I'm sure this is the stuff we're gonna explore. As they start learning from each other's styles, they're gonna they don't understand they're gonna be unstoppable. They're gonna be an unstoppable yes. force. They're gonna take over the valley. It's a foregone conclusion. Exactly. And nothing's ever gonna get between them again. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're gonna get married yeah, so and this... they're gonna live happily ever after. 
It right? is kind of the stuff of fan fiction, this episode, with the yeah. two of them. I'm like, fuck yeah, this is what we want. Uh, I mean, they even go on a date. They go to uh, to see a hockey game. Yes. And uh, Johnny picks a fight on Daniel's behalf <laughs> uh, and then kind of disappears, makes sure they get in a fight. And like... In the first few episodes of Cobra Kai, like, in the writer's room, they're definitely like, okay, so what's the big fight in episode one going to be? What's Mm. the big fight in episode two? Every episode doesn't need a big fight, but, like, the Robbie one is the one in episode one, and I think it's badass, and it's, like, a good character kind of development thing. And, yeah, and Shotwell, and choreography is good this season as well, as you were saying. But, like, just, yeah, seeing Daniel strike first here... Mm when they start talking about his wife, I mean, yeah. how great is that? Um, it's amazing. And then at, at the end, he's like still obviously circling. He's, his training's coming out. Um, but then, then Johnny Lawrence is there and he's like, yeah, I did the Miyagi <laughs> thing. So uh, there we, there you go. They're basically in unstoppable at this point. And uh, that's, the, I mean, that's the final scene for them. So they're on a positive trajectory yeah. uh, coming out of this episode. It is funny, too, when Johnny has that comment, like, no be there. You know, you, you say you love this guy. You couldn't even teach him <laughs> English or whatever. Yeah. And Dan's like, don't even go there with me right now, Johnny. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, it's, 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 al- it's always been fun to see them finding common ground and... There's still, there's, even though I feel like the show falls back into it, and it's like kind of they have to, but it, it still is reasonable when they have disagreements. But it's just, it's there's so much there for them to bond over. So it's it's always fun to see. Yeah. And so I guess getting into the other storylines, there's Amanda and Tori. And as you've said, they do a better job of making Tori just overall more sympathetic and yeah. understandable and likable this season. I mean, I guess in large part because she had to fill a certain role in seasons two and three. She starts the big fight in season two towards the end, which is obviously like this huge cataclysm that changed everything in the world of karate and the world of Cobra Kai. Um, but then she kind of has to do the same thing in season three. Um, just because she's still with Cobra Kai and like the story needs these things to happen. So she does a big home invasion and is like a huge part of that. Uh, And her rivalry with Sam just seems because Sam's dealing with post-traumatic stress all of last season, more or less. Uh, So, so it's like hard to be on Tori's side when it comes to that. And she does basically the same thing at the end of the season. But here we get to see her actually trying to live her life. And where Amanda's coming from makes sense as well. She shows up to her place of work. She's tried to just come in and, and she just wants to tell Tori to back off. But what she actually wants to do is, as we saw in the first episode, she's feeling unsafe in her own home. She's just been at home watching Outlander, trying to get through it all. <laughs> yeah. And and like she's still upset and angry all of the time. And she... You know, she's not a karate student. She can't beat someone up and take out her aggression. So she basically goes there to tell her off and to try to try to face the problem head on and and be reclaim some of her uh, sense of safety and confidence. Uh, and it kind of goes wrong because she accidentally gets Tori fired. And we and Tori has a great line where I saw the chef dip his balls in the miso soup, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that's great. Um, so she's already more sympathetic. And then we can see that Amanda is not not quite. This is not what she was looking for. She did not uh, hope to do this, even though she doesn't know Tori's circumstances yet. Uh, obviously, Crease comes and, and dumps that on her later. But she's already like, oh, this went a little 
further than I hoped. Yeah, yeah. I think um I, I think this is a great use of Amanda um and like kind of hinting at like uh yeah, a, a Tori and Amanda like you know, she once she gets more of the full story and understands she can have more sympathy for her because you know, in, in the previous episode she's talking like I was, or even maybe a lot of members of the audience is like, this girl's a monster, which kind of was. They did make her like a little bit too over the top in season three as, as like crazy villain. We still did see that she has her reasons for it. But I mean, even Robbie has to be like, what was your plan? He was going to break into the house. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think this is a smart way to kind of have these two characters interact a bit. And then again, some more like misunderstanding where she, you know, accidentally gets her fired. That clearly wasn't what she came there for. Um, and then, like, the the one question I had, kind of, is that, because then if we follow this storyline, we see, you know, Tori's learning defense from Robbie at Cobra Kai now, but she's still kind of wound up. And Chris pulls her aside and finds out that she lost her job and it's tough because she's on probation and, uh, Kreese just kind of says like setbacks open up new paths and you know whatever his crease thing is but what is Kreese's end game when he goes to Amanda like is he just trying like he knows that she's a good person that would feel bad for her and he's like preying off of that but like I don't I, I was kind of curious on other people's thoughts on what he was trying to do here when he's like has to relay the information that she doesn't have a mom or she has to take care of her mom and she has to work and take care of her brother or whatever. Like, cause clearly Amanda's going to feel bad. And I mean, I, we do see that she tries to like buy her groceries. And of course, Tori's not the one to try to take charity, especially from a LaRusso. But like, is, is that what his plan was? Like, I, I really kind of don't, don't follow his logic. Jim, you're thinking too much into this. It's Honeycrisp season. Um, <laughs> yeah. And they, that store just has the best produce in the valley and Creased cares deeply about that sort of thing. Uh, no, it's a, it's a fair question. I think he's just... I don't know. I didn't even question it because he always has a scene where he shows true. up and this makes people feel weird. <laughs> like basically putting his opponents off kilter in one way or another. So in this case, you know, that was just my assumption, honestly, yeah. that it's less about... Less about actually, like maybe, I think he probably cares about Tori a little bit um, because he's, you know, kind of an outcast of society in many ways as well. And he sees the LaRussos with all of their privilege and is like, fuck these people. Mm -hmm. And even if it just means getting into uh, Amanda's head, uh, like she's the one who was, you know, she she was trying to get the restraining order against him and he served her with the restraining order and all yeah. of this good stuff. So they obviously have, they have this a thing going yeah. on. They have a thing and he will probably like honestly he has they've they've put this thing in place no fighting until the tournament and so he's got to get his rocks off somehow and he loves playing mind games so that that's really all i read into it but honestly like yeah it's, it's probably some i don't know a bit more altruistic than usual coming from him but with a side of this will probably get in amanda's head and make her all fucked up and that'll probably make daniel fucked up or whatever he's playing the long game he always is yeah yeah i mean at the very least it's just twisting the knife which is very in character for crease so that does make sense but he also is i mean i am yeah, maybe knowingly or unknowingly 
setting up kind of a bridge between Amanda and Tori. I mean, obviously it's at a rocky place here, but maybe there's potential. Uh, one, I guess, nitpick, and again, I'm going to say something kind of negative about the show, even though I've said so many positive things. I love this show. But one nitpick I kind of have with this show, uh, especially in this episode, is it never looks like they're at a real location. Like that restaurant does not look like a restaurant when, you know, Tori's the waitress and this grocery store does not look like a grocery store to me. Like uh, to me, it always looks like it's clearly just some set that they threw some decorations around. Uh, so I don't know that I, I know it's being kind of, uh, that's my smarmy comment and that's my nitpick of it. But when I'm watching this, I'm like, this just doesn't even look like a location at all. This is clearly a set. Like to me, I'm just like, I assume this is what the u.s is like you know this is what america (laughs) looks like like because it's such a because every hollywood movie everything is probably like i've seen more sets than i've seen real places in america you understand yeah and like in this big shop i'm like i i know that shops in the u.s are huge like because everything's huge out there because they have all this space like this is the european perspective we have so Mm. little space everything's fucking tiny over here man so i'm just like yeah of course this is what things look like um but yeah, I <laughs> I think you have a point. I also think like everything is very very like if you look at the colors of this show, yeah. it's very overly saturated. Maybe that's that what gives it is. A kind of a, I think it gives a kind of a cartoony vibe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, looking at the actual uh, grocery store, I'm like, that does look like a fucking storage space <laughs> that they've plopped some yeah. of this shit into. Um, but I also think it's yeah maybe some of the the. I, I look past it because of the bright colors in a way, because I'm like, this is a cartoon I'm watching with humans in it. I think that makes sense. And yeah, I, maybe that's because I couldn't really put my finger on what makes it look like off to me. Maybe it is the saturation because it always looks like it's Johnny's apartment, but they wheeled in some shelves of food <laughs> in the background. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, it's a nitpick. It doesn't ruin the show, but it's like when you're rewatching it and you're you watch when I'm watching it more than I of like discussing things, like it kind of you know just stands out a little bit more. Uh, so yeah, I mean that's kind of like where that goes is you know Amanda rightfully has some more uh, sympathy for Tori. I mean, how could you not, even though she's someone who's terrorizing your daughter? And I mean, if Sam gets wind of this, oh my God. But, you know, we do get to see that Tori shows up at the dealership, throws the groceries down because Amanda clearly like left some for her. Um, and to some and there are some apples in there. It is honey crisp season. <laughs> Very true. Mmm, <laughs> they're s- delicious. Uh, and uh, I mean, we have what, Anoush is there and he's like... Uh, uh, I should never get. In, I should never get involved in these karate <laughs> rivalries. Or do I need to start wearing, you know, protective gear to work? I I do like that we're not seeing a lot of the dealership. I welcome that. Thank thank God. Only a little bit. Just take a little bit of the dealership. Not too much. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's true. So where do we leave them? I think it's basically she comes there, throws the groceries down, and it's like and she's gonna like, just. I'm going to embarrass your daughter like that. Like at the tournament, I'm going to, you know, embarrass your daughter. Like it's on site at the tournament. Like it's just, it's not in like a terrible place, but it's kind of like, uh, hey, fuck you, lady. Uh, I hate your daughter and I hate your family because I have nothing. Yeah. And it's entirely like this relationship between them which wasn't the thing ever before we know it's not resolved because it just is speeding off in this direction where 
uh, Amanda's going to feel worse about what she's done, and she's made things. She has made things worse because Tori's like, "Thanks for lighting a fire under my ass," and yeah. like now I'm. But but it's clear we're not. It's not completely resolved. So it's an interesting thing to start out here in episode two. Yeah. Um. What about the um the fucking uh, hockey place though? That looks pretty real. They play hockey. That's and... true. Yeah, yeah. That looked real. Well, because it reminded me. Because yeah. there's other pl- like times where they've shot at different, or, or it's clear they're on like a location. But I mean, I don't know budget wise how that works. But yeah, that did. And also, I didn't s- notice it in the show, but on John Hurwitz's Twitter, he did have pictures of like. Uh, the big three were some of the hockey players, like Hayden Schlossberg, John Hurwitz. Uh, oh, uh, what's cool. the other dude? Um, jo- Josh Heald. Like he had pictures yeah. of them wearing jerseys, so I assume they were extras in that scene. I could, I tried to look for him this time, but I couldn't quite. There's only a few shots of the players outside of the, you know, the 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 tough guys that are that they start a fight with. That's great. I love that. Um, so I guess yeah, that basically we've we've uh, finished those two storylines, and there's only three. So there's Kenny, and the way that develops is that yeah, it I I get where, what you're saying because I'm less interested to talk about it. Like I was on board watching it, but I'm also mm. like, are we gonna go through all the beats of this storyline now? We already know what happens because we've seen it before. Uh, he's. I, I, I don't know why. I think I blame my COVID brain, but I, as I watched this for the first time, but I, I didn't get that it was uh, Anthony on the other end of the video game. I just thought like, oh, kid moves to a new town, makes a friend. Like it's basically the start of the Karate Kid. You know, we're seeing this again, but then twist, it's cyberbullying all along. Yeah. And then he's brought out to, uh, yeah, to, to a park in cosplay, which is a fucking it's a big <laughs> ask for, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's, he's dumb for agreeing to it, but but also children are dumb, so mm. I guess so. He's like a horny, it adds up. He's a little horny middle schooler. He'll do anything. <laughs> That's right, and he looks uh, great. I like uh, I like this outfit. I like this character they've created from the video <laughs> game. Um, and yeah, obviously he, he's not a fighter. He's just like kind of trying to stand up to bullies without not really knowing how, and ends up running away, climbing over a fence in a very The Karate Kid kind of way, you know? Yes, for uh, sure. Because we have, I feel like that's a recurring motif, and ends up hiding in a uh, in a dumpster, I think. Maybe they should have had some sort of line about how, like, whoa, he's fast or something, because that yeah. does come up later, that he's a good runner as he's running away from them. Um, but yeah, basically everything's shit for him. And we've seen him talk to his dad on the phone and his location is also like walking down a hallway and there's a map on the wall. And it's like, you get from this that his dad's in a different country, but we're not going to like make it a set or anything. So that's another (laughs) sort of uh, location. He's in in the grocery (laughs) store they're just in. (laughs) Yeah. So he's off being in the military and they mentioned something about his brother being, uh, you know, away. So he's the man of the house and he goes to talk to his brother who... I guess medium reveal. It's not a big reveal, but it's a medium reveal that it's the guy that Robbie knows from his time in juvie who uh, tells him he knows a guy and that who's going to be able to help him stand up for himself. And that is yeah. a good, Sean. good setup to end this episode on. Yeah. Sean, yeah exactly. I agree. It's a, it's a nice reveal. Um, and yeah, I kind of had a suspicion that maybe they were going to go with the catfish route. I, I didn't know for sure when they revealed that when he's playing the game. I guess the first uh, hint should have been that they weren't on headsets. I mean, kids got to be on it. What kids are playing games with chat these days? Maybe they are. Yeah, where's I don't Discord? Know. They're, you're, I don't they're know. telling me Dungeon Lord Legacies uh, 
doesn't have a like a chat or a Discord server that they're they're speaking to each other. Come on. Uh, <laughs> I was trying to. I think my suspicion was off. I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't um, prove my uh, hypothesis because I thought I was like, does this video? The video game music sounded familiar. So I was trying to see if it was either from the Karate Kid video game or if it was like a version of the music redone. But I couldn't verify that. So I, I think I was wrong on that one. But I that was... thought it sounded familiar, too. Um, oh. But I didn't know if it was. Do, 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 do. Yeah. To it. I don't know if you want to pull it up. <laughs> but it, it feels like that would be a cool thing if it yeah. was like, oh, this is a motif based on something from the second Karate Kid film or something. Like, that'd be cool. And yeah. it feels like something they would do. I don't know why it felt familiar, but honestly, maybe it's just like... Because it's video game the, music. The yeah. genre rather yeah. than anything, because it's kind of generic video game music as well. And once again, yeah. a girl causes all the issues... Uh, that's right at least in the karate kid universe that's how it works <laughs> these heteronormative uh relationships um but i mean yeah that's kind of what you said it's like we've seen similar things before i mean we obviously we saw it with johnny daniel and ally and then we saw it to an extent with uh miguel robbie and sam and now kind of tori as well and now we're seeing it with kenny and anthony and leah um Anthony Lapuso, uh, if I if I could be so bold, uh, and yeah, I mean, like we already kind of mentioned that we get to see him do the face of like, oh no, because it's funny that he, like, he apparently orchestrates this whole ruse to join him in the game and pretend to be Leah, but then when his La bully, Russo. when his annoying um, curly haired friend who I hate. <laughs> is like yes he's great at being the worst because he <laughs> yeah. does he just looks like something who, someone who would get the shit punched out of him you know yes but somehow he's the bully and that is kind of making it more realistic in a way <laughs> which is which reminds me of uh like in the new spider-man movies like spider-man um uh homecoming how they have the uh, tony revelori who was in like the grand Budapest hotel play the bully but he's, it's not like he's like a big jack dude. He's kind of like just a smarmy like little loser, but yeah. he's still Peter Parker's bully. But yeah, they kind of do that here. But Anthony is like confused when he's like, hey, tell him to dress up and meet us in the park. And he's like, huh? What? Why? It's like, oh, clearly we're going to make fun of him. Uh, but I also do like the small hint that like, Anthony knows the game and he knows the characters yeah. and like, what do you mean? How do you know all this? Oh, I don't know. Heard some nerds talking about it because we're all that nerd who's pretending to be cool. Uh, yeah. And because it's showing that him and Kenny have more in common yes. than him and these fucking idiots, which is the same yeah. thing as Daniel and, and uh, Johnny back in the day and, and all of these rivalries. Yeah. Um, but yeah, which, it's, uh, which like, because again, I, I, I mean, I guess I, they don't, it would be tough to do it this season. But it it reminds me that like, oh yeah, um, in a weird way, I want to see the Miguel, um, Robbie moments like that where they're yeah. finding common ground. I mean, they could both find common grounds on on lost fathers. Apparently, you know. I mean, I guess depending on how that plays out. But like, mm -hmm. it reminds me that, like because seeing it through this you know rivalry that's building, it's like oh yeah, because Miguel and Robbie have a thing mostly because of Johnny and just kind of general circumstance. But uh, I, I'm sure they have a lot of common ground that can be explored. 
So at least it reminds me of potential like that, even if I would just rather follow those characters and see some of that stuff play out. Yeah, no, I get that. Um, but we do leave it at an interesting place. We know he's going to get uh, locked into the Cobra Kai universe. Robbie's mm-hmm. going to get someone else to interact with that isn't Crease. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I guess I, I said last time, I think we'd get more into Terra Silver uh, next episode. But like, yeah, it's a very concentrated episode in that there's only these three storylines we don't see. Like we literally don't see uh, any of the other you know, gener- uh, the basic generation, the the Miguel's and the Robbies uh, of of the school. So it's like you are literally right in that <laughs> these characters, uh, new characters, pushing out the old. Like they're not in this one at all, um, and it's kind of a concentrated episode. But it, at the same time, at the end of it, the hockey fight, everything with Daniel and Johnny, it gets me. Uh, it, it got me incredibly pumped uh, for yeah. the season and for what would come next. So uh, hopefully that's how you all feel at home as well. Um, well also, one other thing, um, and this is kind of like we could talk about this for almost any episode, but it is funny to think that like we're still only like a, only like a year's past <laughs> from <I know>. like <laughs> the whole season because we're you know what we're in like well basically season three ended around like christmas so we're basically in january of 2019 i think like roughly uh is the time frame of the show because we're on the path to the next tournament which is in may uh but it's just so funny to think about like all the shit that's gone down (laughs) and uh yeah here we are we're only like what a crazy year in the valley it's been yeah no absolutely and that's kind of funny with the age of the characters as well which isn't like it's not as egregious as uh as uh you know daniel being 28 when he's participating in the under 18 karate tournament (laughs) in the third karate uh, karate kid um but it's still like getting there and it's it's not helped by uh delays due to covid and whatever but it's very welcome news that they've filmed the next season and i mean if we don't have to wait a whole year i'd be I'd be thrilled it, that it would feel a bit like we'd already put in our waiting uh, earlier. You know, we we bought some time there where we waited so long for uh, season three that maybe we'll get some of it back. But who knows? Either way, uh, please do send us your thoughts. As we say all of the time, you can email us at uh, showswhatyouknowshow at gmail.com. Let us know what you're thinking about this season. Um, you can also tweet at us at showswhatyouknow. That's you, the letter you. And uh, besides that, just check out the other shows on the network. We're talking about historical movies and TV on Real History. We're making up our own TV shows on Blank Meets Blank. And we've discussed every episode of The Sopranos on uh, Cut to Black, The Sopranos Sit Down. Is there uh, anything else? Any final thoughts or uh, stuff you want to bring up, Jim? Uh, We're with the Vipers. Oh, the Vipers. Oh, the Vipers. Uh, And and on that, uh, well, Jesus. Yeah, there is one more thing. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Strike first. Strike hard. No No mercy. mercy.